0: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. These are the last days, he said. I was sitting in a basement in Detroit with this man named Tyrone. He was a middle-aged black man, a very nice guy. And we were there in this basement to do a recording session, to do some music. I was there with my friends. And Tyrone was usually a pretty cheerful person, but in this moment he had a really somber look on his face. We're living in the last days. There was a moment of stillness in the room. A few minutes later, almost to apologize for saying that, Tyrone started to explain that he had been to chemotherapy that morning and it was really weighing heavily on him. Now, I had met Tyrone originally through his nephew, a man named John, um, who I became friends with. And John used to talk a lot about what a good influence Tyrone had been on him in his life. Growing up in the ghetto in Detroit in a really rough neighborhood, Tyrone had taught him how to stay out of trouble, to stay positive in all the things that he did. And most of all, Tyrone had taught him about Christ and about the Bible. So John used to really bear witness to the things that Tyrone had done in his life. And that was a good introduction for me to get to know this person. So we were there doing this recording session. And then on the way home that night, I was looking around at the streets of Detroit, which I don't know how much time you spend in Detroit, but some of the streets are pretty rough. Uh, You know, some of the houses have been burned down for decades and they're still standing there. Um, It's just a lot of desperation in that area. So as I was looking around at this environment, Thinking about what Tyrone had said, he said you know maybe he has a point. The last days. This is an idea that seems to have a lot of currency in our time. Actually, whether it's in popular culture or things we see in religions around the world. Just this week, I was watching TV. Uh, all the things I saw on this on TV just this week were incredible. Um, I saw a special on Nostradamus's prophecies about the end of the world. I saw about 20 commercials for this new movie, 2012. Have you seen these commercials? <laughs> the hero character runs in to save this woman and he says, it's not just California, it's the rest of the world, too. <laughs> so California's not the only one going under it, apparently. Um, and uh, I saw Al Gore on Jon Stewart talking about the melting polar ice caps. So from so many angles in our society, this idea is really is really in the air that whether it's the last days or a drastic change that's going to happen, this really has some weight for people these days, I think. So it made me think, is there something to that? It shows up in our scriptures this morning. As much as I'd like to avoid it, it was the election for today. I admit, when I saw this election that I was going to be preaching on, I took a pause. <laughs> the last days is pretty heavy. But it forces us to confront this, to contemplate this, rather drastic idea. So many things are happening in our world that are drastic. We're living in very serious times. You know, climate change might be drastically changing the way we do business in the world. We think about wars and nuclear weapons. In so many ways, the decisions we make, our very survival is on the line with things these days, perhaps more than ever before. The last days. But I think to myself, hasn't there always been wars and rumors of wars? Haven't there always been people thinking that it was the last days? The disciples were very impressed with the temple. Look, Lord, what large stones, what great buildings. The temple was the center of all religious life for the, for the Jewish community, and the center of cultural life. It was the place where the priests did the rituals. It was really the central order, politically and socially, for the Jewish people. And even the cosmological order, in a sense, was centered around the temple. This was the literal house of God, the place where God especially dwelt on earth. Now, this was actually the second temple in Jerusalem. The first temple had been Solomon's. And when that was destroyed, it was a horrible event for the Jewish people, and the Jews went into exile. When the Jews returned from exile, there was a great energy about rebuilding the temple. The temple re-establishing the rights, And in part, it was a longing to return to these times of King David and King Solomon, to return to this sort of divine order, a time when God would put things in place. And so connected to all this energy around rebuilding the temple, there was an increasing messianic expectation that a descendant of David would become king and would usher in the kingdom of God, an age of global peace. Now there were a lot of prophecies about this this Messiah coming. Uh, in fact we heard some this morning from the book of Daniel. And in some of the prophecies, it speaks about a terrible suffering, a destruction that would come before the Messiah's reign is established. It speaks about these last days. In Jesus' time, this messianic expectation was at a high pitch. They looked around them in the world and they saw a lot of cues to suggest that maybe it was the last days. In that time, there was sickness and widespread poverty. The Roman occupation ruled with brutality and taxation. And when people would revolt, they could execute you in the most brutal way. This was a time of great suffering for the Jewish people, and they longed for a Redeemer. They longed for a Messiah. So when Jesus says to the disciples, this temple will be destroyed. He's truly speaking about a cataclysmic event. And the disciples interpret this to mean that Jesus says the last days are going to be here when that happens. Now, to put this in context, the temple, a huge, grand temple to God, it was about 550 years old at that point. Now, in the scheme of history, that doesn't seem very long, But when we think about it, that's actually older than what we call the New World. 550 years ago is a little bit longer ago than when Columbus hit these shores, more or less. (laughs) So imagine the destruction of our national, political, and religious institutions, the collapse of our economy. That's essentially the equivalent of this temple being destroyed, a cataclysmic event. Would that seem like the last days for us? I wonder. And today there are so many voices that seem to suggest this, or at least suggest something cataclysmic could happen, between the climate change, the talk about the vulnerable economies on a global scale, war and nuclear weapons, and even the violence in our own cities. People see these things and see them as threats to our way of life, even our own survival. Things that threaten to destroy our temple, our social order, our way of life. So how do we as Christians interpret these things in our times? How do we respond faithfully? Jesus jars the disciples. You like this temple? All of this will be thrown down. This is not an easy teaching. This is not a comfortable thing that he says to them. And he's affecting them, a shift in them to a different perspective. They're very impressed with the temple, as well they should be. But the temple, like all other things in our world, is destined to pass. The temple also represented the order of the day. All of these things are destined to fall. And he's also trying to get them to see a shift between looking to the temple as the embodiment of the living God, or where God dwells, So looking at Jesus himself as the embodiment of the living God. Jesus is the temple. In fact, later on in the gospel, before Jesus is going to die, one of the things he says is, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. They don't know what he's talking about at the time, but he's talking about his own body. And indeed, they do destroy Jesus' body. Jesus' body, this temple, is destroyed but the resurrected Jesus lives. And the resurrected Jesus tells us that, in fact, we are his body. We are the body of Christ. Before Jesus dies, he tells his disciples, all that was mine, all that is mine, is now yours. You are now the body of God. You are now the living temple. So all these things in our world that we are impressed by, all these things that we depend on, are great monuments our social order. These things must pass too. Personally, I hope it's not the last days. I'm assuming you guys hope it's not the last days. But we know sooner or later these things are going to fall. Sooner or later even the sun's going to burn out. But there is something within us that lasts forever. This spirit of the living God, we are a temple of this spirit. So whether the last days are right now or in a million years, really it's the same difference for us. Because all we can do in the meantime is do our best to embody the kingdom of heaven. And a lot of these old prophecies have said that the last days would come and then the kingdom of God would come onto earth. But there's a sense in which we have both of these in our midst right now. We do have plenty of suffering. Some people look at the cues in our world and say, maybe the world is coming to an end. I hope not, but the cues are there. But we also have Jesus' presence. We have the very presence of God in our lives. And we are the temple for this spirit. So no matter what happens in our world, if we lose our jobs, indeed, even if our economy crumbles, this spirit that we have within us lives forever. That is unchanging. That is our true riches. That is our true wealth as a people. That is our deeper peace. And every little thing we do to embody the kingdom of God sways the future positively. In our relationships with each other, in our relationship with the earth, the more that we embody the kingdom of God as a humanity, the less likely it is that the apocalypse is going to happen. The more we treat each other well, the more we treat the earth well, the better things will go for us. This is our gift from God. This is our inheritance. Tyrone my friend in Detroit, has likely passed away at this point. Unfortunately, I haven't spoken to him in several years. I haven't actually been back to Detroit since I moved. But I know that his spirit, the spirit of God that was within him, lives on in people like John, his nephew, who bore witness to the fact that Tyrone blessed him, Tyrone taught him, and showed him love, and showed him a better way in the midst of a, a rough circumstance. Indeed, this is what lives forever. The small acts of love that we give to each other. So that even on the rough streets of Detroit, where so many people are getting locked up, where there's even a crack epidemic, the kingdom of God is alive and well. The kingdom of God is being passed from person to person. This is what lives forever. This is our inheritance. Amen? Amen.